Many gardeners would like to know more about diseases, and very often there seems to be some confusion between deficiencies, diseases, and insect attacks. As it's a large topic, I decided to narrow it down and make a blog post about fungal diseases. To make this post more helpful, I have used photos from the web. Some show very clearly the symptoms of each disease, and some of them are added to demonstrate the complexity of a diagnosis from a photo. To start with, a plant disease is defined as anything that prevents a plant from performing to its maximum potential. This definition is very broad and includes abiotic and biotic plant diseases. Abiotic diseases are caused by environmental conditions and not by living agents. They don't spread from plant to plant, however many plants in a garden might show the same symptoms. Examples of some abiotic diseases or factors causing abiotic diseases are deficiencies. Uh, it means they're caused by low supply of nutrients or unsuitable soil type. Sunburn, uh, then soil compaction is another factor causing an abiotic disease. Ice and others. Biotic or infectious diseases are caused by living organisms called plant pathogens when they infect plants. Pathogens can spread from plant to plant and may infect all types of plant tissue, including leaves, shoots, stems, crowns, roots, tubers, fruit, and seeds. Some plant pathogens are fungi, fungal-like organisms, bacteria, phytoplasmas, viruses, viroids, nematodes, and parasitic higher plants. To keep things simple, in this post, I'll focus on fungi and fungal-like organisms as they cause most of the infectious diseases on plants and also have more chances than the rest to be treated. The third point we will refer to here is the disease triangle. It is important to know that plants that are young, that are newly transplanted, poorly fed, or weakened or stressed by external factors like extreme heat in the summer, are much more prone to diseases. Why does that happen? Because for a disease to occur in any plant system, there are three components that are absolutely necessary. A susceptible host plant, that is a weak, young, hungry plant. Just like humans, these plants have a lower immune system. The second point is a harmful pathogen. And the third is a favorable, a favorable environment. When these three components are present at the same time, a disease will occur if a susceptible host plant is in intimate association with a harmful plant pathogen under favorable environmental conditions. Then we get to the classification. A gardener should have a general idea about the pathogen's classification in order to be able to select the correct treatment for the relevant disease. As said above, Infectious diseases are caused by two main categories of pathogens, and these are fungi and fungal-like organisms. The categorization happens based on molecular data, DNA, on anatomical characteristics, like the cell walls, and the mode of reproduction. Their taxonomy is constantly changing, especially due to the developments of the research based on DNA comparisons. It is important to know that both categories can be transferred to our plants through the air, the water, soil, insects, birds, or other plants. The most common diseases in Qatar 
are powdery mildew, downy mildew, leaf spots and blight. In this post, you will see many photos from all these diseases on different plants. Let's start with powdery mildew. It is caused by various fungal-like organisms and not fungi, like Golovinemicus chihoraceum for sunflower or Podosfera panosa for roses. The clearest symptom or sign of the disease called powdery mildew is the white powder on top of the leaves. Downy mildew is caused also by various fungal-like organisms belonging to a family called Peronosporaceae, like Pseudoporonospora cubensis for cucumber or Plasmopora obducens for impatience or Peronospora megasperma for pansy. The way to separate downy mildew from powdery mildew is by the powder, which is usually gray, under the leaves. Initially, you will see pale blotches on the upper leaf surfaces and then corresponding patches of fuzzy gray growth on the underside. Another disease is leaf spot, which can be caused by the fungi Alternaria on tomatoes or Diplocarpon rosae on roses or Kercospora on mulberry. Black spot looks like circular black spots on leaves. It usually occurs on the upper side of the leaves, but can also develop on the undersides. The outer margins of the black circles are ragged or feathery, and they are usually surrounded by a ring of yellow. Spots usually begin on the older leaves and move upward. If you read the label of, of, a, of a fungicide, you will see that each fungicide is suitable for certain diseases, so it's important to identify which disease you have in your garden. In many cases, the symptoms can be confusing, and the only way to know 100% what disease your plants have is by a lab test. And this is another reason why the random usage of pesticides is not recommended. Unless you are really certain about the disease you have, it's better to avoid useless applications of dangerous chemicals. When it comes to controlling the diseases, the first way is the organic control. Organic control is harmless, but its efficacy is generally lower than conventional pesticides. The most common organic uh, treatment, which is also human, animal, or insect friendly, is, and they are available in Qatar, are neem oil, when we use five to 10 drops in one liter of water, preferably mixed with a few drops of dishwashing liquid. We can also use baking soda, one teaspoon in one liter of water, or a mix of both. We can mix one teaspoon of baking soda, a few drops of neem oil, and a few drops of dishwashing liquid in one liter of water and spray our plants very well on top and in the bottom. Another option is biofungicides, such as Tadmir, Pseudomonas fluorescens, or Tadmir Trichoderma viride from Mitras agricatar. If all of the above fails, the next option is using a copper solution. It is slightly toxic, but it can work well if you apply at an early stage. It is recommended to wear protective clothing and mask where you spray it. For any application, be cautious when the weather is hot and only spray very early in the morning so that the droplets dry before the sun sees your plants. The other way is a chemical control. 
When it comes to chemical control, it is important to understand that fungicides are completely different products from insecticides. The first ones are used for infectious diseases from fungi or fungal-like organisms, while the second ones are used against insects. Following everything that has been mentioned before regarding the classification and the identification of various diseases, I hope that it is clear that using any chemical fungicide off the shelf without consulting a specialist might not give you the desired result, as it might not be suitable for your case. Apart from the obvious drawback of causing health problems like cancer or killing beneficial insects and damaging the environment. Also, it is good to keep in mind that many diseases like downy mildew or phytophthora blight cannot be managed by fungicide applications alone. Successful disease control is achieved only by a season-long effort to manage water and utilize other cultural practices, like aerating your plants, keeping them healthy, spraying preventively with neem oil and other similar practices. In this post, I will use as an example of how bad the pesticides can be for our health, the active ingredient mancozeb, which has been used in agriculture for many years. In European Union, mancozeb was recently classified as a category 1B reproductive toxicant and an endocrine disruptor, and its use is banned. I think and in Qatar it's still allowed, however it should be banned globally soon. To close this long post, let me remind you again that the first step for every plant problem is to identify if your plants suffer from water problems, from a deficiency, an insect attack, a disease, or anything else. If you would like to know more, comment on our website or contact us.